Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan, and today we have a conversation with Foxbox Games. So if you are watching, if you're watching right now, you uh, you may notice that it's just me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just me actually. When uh, when we when we recorded the uh, this episode, um, when when we interviewed uh, Keegan, uh, who we're having on the show today, um, we kind of uh, kind of skipped over doing an intro and an outro. So kind of kind of doing this here last minute, uh, but that's all right. So um, yeah, so Jim and I sit down with a conversation with. Keegan, uh, you can find him on Instagram at Foxbox Games, um, and we're going to link all of his socials in the descriptions below, um, so you can find him um, on pretty much all the social platforms. Um, we had a really fun conversation getting to know Keegan a little bit. Keegan is a card game player, just like Jim and I. Uh, so, if as you can imagine, we had quite a bit to talk about, um, and we had a really fun conversation. Keegan, uh, Keegan's a fantastic guy, um, and honestly, it was really awesome getting getting to hear him just honestly gush over card games, kind of like the same way that we do. So, um, you know what? With with all that even being said, I'm just going to get out of the way, um, and then. And uh, we'll get right into the conversation so you guys can check it out. All right. Hope you enjoy. All right. So today we are joined by Keegan. Keegan's part of uh, Specular Games, Another uh, some other creators that are kind of not too far away from us in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, you're actually in, down, in Chicago, aren't you, Keegan? Yes, I am. Okay. So, yeah, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Tr- question for you. Since, since you actually are in downtown, okay? I'm sure you have friends or maybe even family who live in the suburbs, and when someone asks where are you from, if they say Chicago and they're not actually in <laughs> Chicago p- proper, what, what, what's your response to that? I mean, I'm not like native Chicago. I grew up in small town Kansas, okay. and so like, <laughs> like suburb. The concept of suburbs like blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> "What is a suburb?" And like the first time I figured out like what a suburb was when I had I had an ex girlfriend that lived in Minneapolis, and I went okay. up to visit her, and she's like, "Yeah, we can just go to like the next neighborhood over through the interstate." And I was like. The what now? There's like a, <laughs> you have to take the interstate to drive two miles to the next neighborhood. That's fucking stupid. And then I was like, oh, this is how burbs work in the city. Um, so, but no, I, I I hear people say like this thing happened in Chicago, and I look up and I see it's like actually in a burb. I'm like, it's not Chicago. <laughs> Come on. It's like it's like my my wife's parents are like super like Chicago's a dangerous city and they would like when we first moved here they would send us like reports like this happened in Chicago and we look it up we're like that's the equivalent of saying like a shooting happened in Topeka but it happened in Kansas City Missouri it's not the same thing <laughs> Yeah it's funny because you know I've I've got friends and family who are like if we go out of town I know we get chatting up with people get mm-hmm. conversations started and they say where are you from they say, oh, we're from Chicago. And I'm like, no, okay, dude, we're, you're not from Chicago. Like, you're outside <laughs> Chicago, but we're not actually in Chicago. But see, like, if you say, because, you know, we're in New Lenox. Mm-hmm. So if we tell people, yeah, we're in New Lenox, nobody knows where that is. Yeah. So, 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 so what they like to do is they just trick themselves and say, well, if we say New Lenox, nobody knows. But then if you say Chicago, then everybody knows, oh, yeah, yeah. I know Chicago. Yeah. Well, then it's easy. Then just say Chicago land. 
Just yeah. like Chicago Lander. I was going to say, you could also, if you know that the person is also from Illinois, you could be like, oh, we're over by Joliet. Because That's true. That's true. Yeah. Most of Illinois knows where Joliet yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. but anyone outside of it's like, yeah, we're from Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. True. It, I mean, usually people hear like you're from Kansas, it's like oh Kansas City, and you're like no, Kansas. <laughs> no, there's a there's a lot more there's a lot more state, and it's all awful. <laughs> it's funny because I actually have family in Kansas, and I also have family in uh, Minneapolis area, yeah. Minnesota too. Oh weird. So yeah, <laughs> like oh I know people there, and I know people there. <laughs> I was gonna say I was recently in Kansas visiting my uh, my family. And um, we had to drive about an hour and a half to get to a Walmart to hang out. <laughs> it was like we were, were in the middle yep. of nowhere. It was just yep. a little town off the side of the highway. And it's just like, that's where they're at. It'd be right. like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Keegan, tell, uh, you know, tell us and tell, tell our audience a little bit about you. For, for people who don't know who you are, who are you and uh, kind of what are you doing in the tabletop space? Uh, I'm just a dude <laughs> in my life. Um, no, I, I, I grew up in Kansas, but then my wife and I moved, well, then girlfriend, we moved to Chicago about six years ago. Cause we were both wanting to pursue theater. I was an improv kid and she was more of like a straight theater person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came to the city for that. We also just wanted to get out of Kansas. Um, <laughs> I don't play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For people that like it, enjoy your Wizard of Oz area, but don't live there. Um, but uh, I got into tabletop like really hard, probably like 10 to 12 years ago. Um, uh, there's a channel on YouTube called Game Grumps, which people probably know. Yes. But they had a small side channel called Table Flip for a bit. And I watched that by accident once and they were playing Shadows Over Camelot and Betrayal at House on the Hill. And I was like, these are cool. I want to get one of these. And I went to a game store and they had them both. I didn't know which one to pick, so I bought both. Um, <laughs> That's always then, the right choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once you get in this hobby, you realize I, I can just buy another one. It's fine. <laughs> um, but the game that really got me into the hobby, like hardcore, was Castles of Burgundy. Um, that game made me realize like how cool games can be and how much can happen, especially with like a simplistic rule set. Um and a boring beige looking game with basically paper for play mats can be amazing. Um, and it just went all downhill slash uphill from there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I yeah. just, I just want to point out, this is now the third person we've had that has talked about early in their career of board games, betrayal on house of the hill. It, you're, you're it's, right. it's my top five for a reason. <laughs> Guys, go check it out. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. every person that we've had on, yeah. they they have at least mentioned yeah. uh, Betrayal. And have you played it's, it yet? No, still not. Dan hasn't played it yet. It's fun. It's super fun. It's like the, the ones we were hearing a lot in Specular, too, where it's House on the Hill, uh, Castles of Burgundy, Carcassonne, mm-hmm. Ticket to Ride, and Catan. Those are like yep. the five that we hear the most. Yeah. Th- those are like the – those are those are big gateway games. Mm-hmm. There's like oh, the yeah. the – those have got to be like the top five. The only one I haven't played from that list was the Burgundy something? Castles of Burgundy? Castles, Castles of Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah, yeah, I haven't played that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I haven't played that one either. Can you tell us a little bit about that game? I highly recommend it. Even though I've been in this hobby for this long, it's still my number three favorite game of all time. Ooh, really? Nice. Half of half for the nostalgia and half because the game is just good. Mm-hmm. It looks ugly as sin because it's a Stefan Feld game and all of his games are ugly <laughs> because I guess that has to be. But... Uh, <laughs> 
the and whole our game. our special guest, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my statement, Stefan. <laughs> Backing down. Um, the game's great, though. It's really easy. You're building, you're a prince in the Burgundy region of France, and you're building your kingdom out. And it's if you're into tile placement and dice for actions, it's basically the entire game. You roll two dice on your turn, and those are your two workers for your actions, and you pick one of three or four actions to do. I haven't played it in a bit, but uh, use the dice to do the action, and you can draft tiles from the center board based off the number you roll, and that becomes part of like the city, like the tiles in your pool. Or you can use the die to move that tile from your pool into your city, and the color of the tile and the number on the dies have to match up with the location on the board. And anytime you place a tile, you almost immediately get points for it. So it's super gratifying to get points for almost every little action you do. Okay. And then you can also spend the your die to get two workers, and the workers let you mitigate your dice rolls by plus one or minus one, either direction. And you can spend as many as you want on your die rolls to really mitigate your shitty rolls anytime you want. Um, and the whole game then just lasts five phases around and then five rounds total. And it, but it sounds like a lot, like technically it's 25 turns, but it moves so fast and it's just super gratifying, like taking tiles, placing tiles down and it plays, it plays up to four, but I think two player is like the perfect sweet spot for it because you play four player, you see every tile, every game, but if you play two player, Uh, you won't see everything. So you don't know what's going to pop up. Yeah. To say there's a lot of people always looking for a two player game as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, was it Castles of Burgundy as well? Castles okay, of Burgundy, Castles of yep. Burgundy. Right. Yep, yeah, we'll have to get the, we'll have to get that one added to the yeah. list for yeah. sure. For sure, that's it's it's such a good, like, meaty two player game. It's mm-hmm. it's it's great. Okay, so, so, and we, we kind of asked this to everybody too, but um, how what was the game? And I know you've, you've talked about a few here, but what would you say is like the game that really got you to dive deep into the hobby? Probably castles. Okay. I want, I want to say castles like that, that just because like, I guess it's like gamer brain game, like definitely castles of Burgundy, but I think games like playing with friends, we played a lot of Munchkin in college, which I know is like, (laughs) kind of a game it becomes like it's like really fun at the beginning but then three hours later like i just want this to end um <laughs> i know that yeah yeah, I know that yeah. Feeling. <laughs> but just like i think i think for me just like any game that i got to play with my friends and it ended up like sinking hours into the night and we didn't know where the time went i think yeah that like mentality itself got me into the hobby more than anything because yeah. like me and my friends are also super big video gamers like we played video games all the time um, we had favorite games. We would do game marathons or like team up to play like old NES games just to try to beat Ninja Gaiden, which is impossible. But yeah, good luck. Yeah. yeah. But, but then like we switched to board games and it's just so much more gratifying because you're actually doing a lot more interaction with each other at yes. the table. Yeah. 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 So 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 that, that's a perfect segue into this next question then. So if you you've played it if you've played a bunch of these video games and then also these tabletop games, like which experience do you prefer then? If I want to do something on my own, I will play a video game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like solo board gaming, like, spoiler for later, I love Arkham Horror, the card game. Um, (laughs) And I love soloing. I I love spoil, like, I love playing, love spoiling that game. I love playing that (laughs) game solo. um, But, and I used to play Root Solo a lot too before, like, yeah, when, like, before Leader Games officially printed the better bot 
instead of the bad bot that came yeah. with the base game, yeah. I was playing that bot project through BGG a bunch and talking with the creator of it. And oh, I played cool. that. I played that a whole bunch because I thought it was great. Um, but if I want to play, if I want to play something solo at this point, I'm more than likely going to lean into a video game that I can get immersed in, like yeah. Persona Five or Hollow Knight or like the, my two go tos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I want to do something with people, it's a hundred percent of the time going to be, let's play a board game rather yeah. than let's play a couch co-op or something. Yeah, for sure. Couch co-ops are fun. Yeah, they like are. They, they, they are, but it's like halo. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> that's that, the difference though. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- that is, that, that is true. But it's like those experiences that you have just honestly, just hanging out with your friends yeah. and even family. It's just, you can't, I don't think you can get those experiences anywhere other than like a tabletop game. No, I agree. There's like, I, I like I gushed about games when I first got hired at my recent job because they wanted to know like what my hobbies were. And I have like this really cheesy, dumb, like thing for board games. It's like, you get that out of a board game. That's bizarre. I'm like, I know, but it's how I feel about it. <laughs> like board games lead you to like this really weird, unique world where you're, everyone is living in the moment in a whole different universe where nothing matters, but you're all agreeing to follow rules that really don't affect your life. Mm-hmm. But you're, for some reason you all are okay with agreeing to a rule set yeah. that don't have any long-term effects, but you just want to be in that rule together. And you just kind of just makes this magical bubble realm where you all just exist for two hours together in this space. Mm-hmm. Now that that's interesting. That's an mm-hmm. interesting way of it thinking is. about it. It is. But so you know what? Like, <laughs> That is really interesting because now I'm thinking about it. It's like, yeah, but seriously, like you say that and it's like, seriously, why can't so many other things just be like we have we have a a, even a minor rule set that we just all agree upon. And sounds like laws. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like we do live in that kind of Dan. (laughs) I'm more saying that we agree upon (laughs) that. And one's more fun than the other. It's just like and with like. Like video games, you get like a, a set of rules that you really can't break because mm-hmm. it's the way the game is built. You can't mm-hmm. like you're playing Super Mario or something, for example. You can't just decide to start punching things because that's not how the game functions. Yeah. So you can't right. willingly cheat the game right. or you willingly can cheat a board game. No one's telling you you can't. Right. But everyone's agreeing not to. Yeah. yeah and like like 10 different groups can play the same board game 10 different ways. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. With 10 different house rules about, no, this is how we play. This is how yeah. we play. I mean, like, seriously, like, how many times do you play like Uno? And like, in this house, this is how we do it. And yeah, this, true. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's. Or Monopoly, if you land yeah. on free parking, you get all the money in the middle. <laughs> Wait, that's not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. So, so how, I, I think kind of how we got turned on to what you were doing is, um, not a couple of days ago, I think it was, um, but I, 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 I've been seeing you post quite a bit about Arkham Horror, the card game. So how did you get starting playing that game? Uh, so we'll I grew there. up, <laughs> yeah, I grew up being an LCG kid. Uh, I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh and a lot of Pokemon growing up. Um, and then I quit both, but then in my senior year of junior year of college, me and my roommates kind of like rediscovered Yu-Gi-Oh and we went really hard into Yu-Gi-Oh again and would go to like regional tournaments and stuff and had a lot of fun with it. We had a closet full of tins from like the collector's <laughs> tins. Um, and I got, I just remembered how much I loved card games at that point. 
Um, and then we moved to Chicago. I sold my Yu-Gi-Oh collection off because I wasn't enjoying the game anymore because it just ended up not being fun with all the new stuff and all the power creep. Um, but I, I always lean towards card games more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about LCGs and I told myself I can't get invested in another card game again because I know how much of a money sink <laughs> is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading more about LCGs and realizing like it is nowhere near as horrendously offensive as a CCG or a TCG. Right. <laughs> because whatever you buy, you are going to get the exact same thing as everyone else is going to get. There's right. no worry, like rarity stuff to worry about. There's no right. third market you have to worry about, mm-hmm. except for Arkham Horror with the Mythos packs for a hot minute. That was the third market of nightmares. Yeah. Um, still, but, there's some, still some of them are. are so yeah, still some. Yep. Um, which the new release model for that. <laughs> for Arkham is going to fix that whole thing. I hope, but, um, finger, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah. But March, then, uh, my wife was having me watch all of the MCU movies. I'm not a huge superhero fan, but she's like, we're going to watch all the MCU movies from the beginning and go through them all. Wow. And I was having a lot of fun watching them. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then, saw- you, and then you started playing Marvel champions and heard well, about that. <laughs> well, that was the thing I saw, I saw Marvel and then I was like, but they also make like fantasy flight also makes Arkham. Yep. And I was like, I, I need to pick one or the other. And I can't get invest. I can't get invested in both. But why? Because <laughs> that completionist mindset will drive me nuts, and I need to have everything for both of them, and it's too yeah. much. Well, especially now, like if you come in now, like Arkham Horror has been going. Arkham Horror has been going for a while. Yeah, Marvel Champions is also not hasn't been going as long, but there's still a lot of content out Marvel there for re- Marvel. Marvel, I feel like releases more than Arkham does. Yes. It has something now, new like every they, month. They yeah. do now. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Right. And that was the thing. So I'm like, I have to make a decision. So I was doing a lot of research into both games and Arkham drew me in more because I saw how story based it was. Because yes. I know Marvel is very much like everything's a one shot. It seems like, and the story yeah. doesn't really matter. It's just make your deck beat the game. Um, I looked at Lord of the Rings for a little bit too, but I was like, this has been out even longer and I don't want to try to hunt things down. So I bought the core set and being like, I hope I don't like this because I don't want to get invested in a card game. <laughs> and Mar- that was March and? and now it is August and I own everything except for three promos. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay. I don't even know how much stuff there is, but I know it's a lot. There's, it's a lot. There, yeah, dude. There's. I have a giant. I bought a giant wooden organizer to keep all the scenario cards in. I have yeah. binders for every investigator class. My wife got me a bunch of Arkham Horror stuff for my birthday, like upgrade things. So I I've gone deep down the Arkham rabbit hole. Yep. So so what about Lord of the Rings? Did you only get the core set for that? I I didn't even bother picking it up because oh, I was okay. also it was one of those like I'm scared I'm gonna like it and want more of it. But then I also yeah. know they made a digital version of Lord of the Rings that's on the Switch, which is not the same, but it's still it's similar. It's similar. yeah. I feel like I would want to try that out first to see if I even like the game because I know from like some of the friends I've met through Instagram through Arkham, they mm-hmm. also play Lord of the Rings and they're like, this game is much harder than Arkham. If like the game definitely feels like you're doing a deck builder puzzle and you need to figure out the exact things you need to beat these scenarios. And that's him. That is, that's totally Jim. That's my favorite part. Yeah. I, I really love the Lord of the Rings card game. And, and, it's and, great. and, and we <laughs> haven't even really gotten into yeah. the theory crafting yeah. or deck building aspect of it. Yeah. We really haven't, <clears throat> but, but, but and that's, that's my forte. Yeah. 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 Ever, ever since like whenever we play magic or any mm. other card game, it's, he's always figuring out, you know, theory crafting about what deck you he wants to build yeah. oh hi kitty oh, hi 
She's, she's probably going to be jo- joining us for a little bit. She's like, what's that, meow? She, she randomly pops in. So... <clears throat> So you you mentioned you mentioned uh, storytelling a little bit um, when yeah. talking about Arkham. So is that like is is that kind of the reason you decided to go with Arkham? Because I mean, we we you you kind of touched on like three three kind of big LCGs. We've got Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. Marvel Champions, and then Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is the oldest, been out for ten yeah. years now. Um, Arkham Horror is, the, is right in the middle, and the Marvel Champion is Marvel Champions is the newest. Um, is there, are there other reasons kind of you went with Arkham Horror outside of the storytelling or was that probably like the biggest reason you went I that think way? I, that's probably the biggest reason. I like the aesthetic. Like I mentioned, like I'm not a big superhero person and like comic book person. Like it's, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lord of the Rings, I, I'm also not like hugely invested in the, in the IP. Like I like the IP, but I'm yeah. not like diehard in the in the lore or anything um arkham legit probably just the aesthetic like i i don't know a whole lot of like lovecraft lore either but i i naturally just love horror movies and like halloween's my favorite season and just like the fall and everything and just the aesthetic of the game i think just lended itself towards just the weird stuff that i'm normally into anyway yeah Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah so i i have we have I've got all three. Not not all of them. I don't have everything. <laughs> we dabble. Um, I have a good amount of Lord of the Rings. I pretty at this point, I think I have all of Marvel Champions, um, and then Arkham Horror. I also have quite a bit, and I'm, I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting, uh, you know, everything for Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Arkham Horror was the first one that I picked up, um, and I remember, and like, and like, I'm not a big horror guy. I just remember looking into it. Like, I don't know much about, you know, HP Lovecraft or the Cthulhu mythos. Um, my big thing was I just saw the card game. I'm like, okay, the card game, I'm going to look into it more. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I'm going to look into it more. So I looked into it a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I, I heard a lot about the storytelling aspect. So I picked up the corset. Um, I think the first time I played it was solo. And that was one of the big things for me. I'm like, these game, these tabletop games that I can play by myself, and also have the experience with a bunch of other people. I mean, I'm I'm all about that. So yeah. I've played I've played the first the opening scenario at least four different times. <laughs> played it solo. Yeah, I played with him, true. and I played with my wife and my brother in law. Yeah. And each time, I'm like, I know what's going to happen in the main like the storyline aspect. Yep. But I feel like each time I'm like, I'm reading the cards. So I'm like, I'm, I'm getting into it. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I am. And like, I love that. So I lo- I really like the, the role playing aspect a little bit of getting, of getting into the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but something to me like that, I can just, that's a new experience, even though it's the same box, basically like sign me up. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. all about that. Yeah, because like you're saying, so you played it multiple times, and there's a lot of different decks that you can also be playing yeah. to start with. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it can even change up your experience yeah. with that. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. so what's what's now after playing Arkham for however long you've been playing it? What's probably like? What's one of the, your favorite things about the game in general? The investigators, I think, is the coolest part of the game. Um, I do. I, I do appreciate also the fact that you can replay scenarios a lot. Um, I've I've replayed the first scenario of Carcosa. I don't know how many times because I use that as a deck test scenario. 
where I just run that to see how good my deck functions. Um, and even then, like just that first scenario in base box, like Carcosa base box, there's enough variability in there that I don't know what's going to happen. Like the rooms change. Um, and even like if you buy the return twos, the return twos add a whole bunch of other rooms into that. You don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, basically new game plus. Um, but de- the, the investigators hands down are my favorite parts. And like, I was just chatting with our like LCG fellowship group that I just got added to yesterday on Instagram. And we were chatting about favorite investigators and favorite investigator class. And we were talking about it. And one person made the point that was, um, I feel like I know my favorite, but then I play something else and that's my favorite. (laughs) And like, that's accurate. Like I, I thought I was going to not like a certain class for a bit. And now I'm doing, I, like I have, I have Arkham horror complete on tabletop simulator as well. And I'm running a double guardian run of Carcosa right now and there. And I didn't think I was going to like guardians, but both guardians I'm playing right now I'm in love with and they're great. And then the Carcosa run I'm running right now with my best friend, we're both running rogues. And I love Safina. I think Safina is my favorite investigator right now because of her deck building and the way that she just functions. And then with the fellowship group, I'm starting another Carcosa run and playing a class I've never even played before yet. And really? yeah. Wh- and which, which class is that? Survivor. Oh, okay. I usually end up playing Seeker because I like Seekers a lot, but um, I'm playing Patrice in the Survivor class and she's a very weird deck and people hate her, it seems like, but I want to try her out. And then running a seeker alongside her with something I'm more comfortable with. So just the how much stuff you can do with like the almost 50 investigators that are out right now, it will be over 50 when Edge of the Earth releases. I didn't even know that there were that many. Yeah, yeah. dude. There's a, it's God. crazy. There's a lot. I'm like, Especially, I don't even remember the lady I played. <laughs> I thought she was like a sorcerer or something like that. The or a sorceress. Purple. Uh, it's not yeah, purple's, u- purple's usually the magic. <laughs> uh, Agatha? No, Jacqueline? I think it's Jacqueline Christie. I think that's the name. The one okay. from whatever the, yes, I don't know from if it's the, the base from the set. Core set okay. From the core set, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I believe that's the one that you played. Okay. Yeah. There's just so much out. There's so much out. And that like that's what I kind of really like about getting, getting into a game that's been out for such a long time, yeah. and they're still coming out with content for it. Yeah. Like, yep. that's... That's really awesome. I mean, I mean, if you think about people getting into magic now who are just discovering magic, like it's this, it's the same kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I like that that feeling is also there, but for another game, but for yeah. other games that aren't magic. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it used to be like if you wanted to have that experience, it was like, well, go play magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was there wasn't much else. Mm-hmm. But now, even even from like five years ago. It has, I feel like the landscape has shifted just dramatically. Mm-hmm. So like for, for being a card game player, like that's awesome. That's for sure. Like it really is. Um, so, okay. So, you know, so we're talking mostly about living card games, um, but also kind of expandable card games. Have you played uh, Ashes Reborn or even just Ashes? I have not. That's something I've been wanting to try out. A friend of mine from our game group bought it and I told him I'm interested in trying it. Okay. Um, like... I, th- I don't know if I mentioned this before. Maybe it was when you and I were chatting on Instagram or through email that I mentioned that for me, any game, if I see a board game come out that says multi-use cards is one of its things, yeah, yeah. I'm immediately wanting to look at it more than yeah. any other game. Yeah. And for me, like, I know this is blasphemous for, to some board game people. I don't really give a shit about theme. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
the only thing I care about theme, if it's space theme, I don't want it. Like, <laughs> really? But, yeah. Otherwise, like theme doesn't matter to me. I'm such a mechanics person. Like I just okay. want to know how the game works and how things interlock. Mm-hmm. That's more important to me. And if the theme happens to reinforce the mechanic, then great. But if yeah. I, but there's like so many games that where people just like buy into it because the theme is cool and then they play the game and the game just sucks yeah. or it's just yeah. like very not what you were expecting. Yeah. So yeah. And at least like with like Ryan, Ryan always looks like sees games that look nice and he buys those. I get the brown games that are boring. Like <laughs> it, give me the beige Euro yeah. and yeah. I'm into it. And then like, and I'll say like the game looks like shit, but it plays amazing. Yeah. And I, I think we were talking to Jerome Damar. He's the designer of Fujikoro. And he made a good point about designing games, which I like now use when I'm researching games in general, where if your game doesn't work as an Excel sheet, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because you can put you can put all the art into a game as you want, mm, yeah. But if it doesn't even function, then what's the point? Yeah, that's so a good point. I was like, I and my wife can attest that I was like farming games like crazy because I just would buy games. I was like, this looks cool. I just want to buy it. And I'm so much more now. Like, I need to watch videos. I need yeah. to see mechanics. I don't yeah. kickstart anymore. Like, mm. I I just want to see a gameplay of the game and see how the mechanics work, mm-hmm. and then base my decision off of that. I feel like I, I feel like being a card game player, that makes sense. Like yeah. coming from someone who I know is a strategic card game player, that makes sense because like you're the way I feel like the way strategy card game players just minds even think it's 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 all about their logical thinking, their problem solving. Right. And and that just lends itself more to, to these strategy card mm-hmm. games. And yeah. like if you're more heavily invested or not even heavily invested, but you really enjoy that mechanic or that genre more, you're going to be coming at a game from a completely different aspect than yeah. other people are. That makes yeah. that makes total sense. So you are you are way you are way more mechanics over theme, period, end of story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah if if the sense. if the theme helps reinforce things, like I think the only game really that I saw the theme I was like I want it because of theme was root mm. and I saw Jamie Stegmeyer posted on Instagram and I was like what is this tiny wooden <laughs> cat I want to know what this is yeah. yeah and and then I the game ended up being amazing too but like every other game has always been like I want to know how it works before anything else well it's interesting so now I'm I'm, I'm kind of like gonna apply that then to Disney villainous right yeah so you know we're we're all we're all big card game players right yeah and so the first time I I played Disney villainous I went to I went to Walmart with a cousin and I saw it on the shelf and I'm just like honestly like you see Disney all over the place and like yeah. it never like we're a big Disney family but I'm still not like anytime I see Disney I'm like oh I'm, I'm immediately gonna get it there's a lot of Disney, Disney stuff out there right yeah. and so normally for me if I see it I'm normally gonna be like okay no it's just somebody paying for the mm. you know paying for the name on it the yeah. license so they can try and get some sales so right. I, I pulled it off the shelf I started looking at it I turned the box over and then I see cards Okay, now tell me more. <laughs> so I looked at it a little bit more, and then I'm like, okay, this actually looks interesting. Yeah. So we picked it up, brought it home, I played it, and I'm like, okay, I- I'm sold. <laughs> I-, I loved it. But, however, what I will say is for me, the theme actually is what sold me on and that game in particular. And, like, Keegan, I'm kind of like you. Like, I'm usually not super into the theming aspect more. I'm more so into... Is it does is it fun? 
and does the game function very well? And like, is, yep. is it heavy enough strategically that mm-hmm. I can really get into it? Um, but this game, Disney Villainous, I found I loved the theme more than anything. However, the strategy and the mechanics really supplemented and really just reinforced that theme really, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So have have you have you played Villainous at all? No, that's one I've been wanting to like pick up and try because my wife and I are both big Disney people. Mm-hmm. And me liking horror, I always side with the villains. I like villains <laughs> in shows. I, yeah. I don't necessarily side with them. I don't want Scar to kill Mufasa, but like, yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah but it just like the villains were always more interesting to me than anything Scar else. Scar didn't so. kill Mufasa. The ground did. <laughs> and the stampede. I mean, if we're going semantics, I totally agree with that. <laughs> he just but got yeah, the like, assist. <laughs> I mean, it did get me excited when I saw Villainous put the 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 Horn King as one of the expansions. Uh, like, oh, people are doing a fun. black cauldron. What? Yeah, that and and he was fun. That was a really yeah. fun villain. Yeah, when you were playing that, I was like, I don't know what this is because yeah. I don't even know what it's from. Honestly, yeah. you were saying the black cauldron. The black cauldron. I've yes. never seen it, but like watching and and the artwork on it as mm-hmm. well, and what you were doing in the game, I'm like, that seems like something I also want to do. Yeah. So one day, yeah, one day yeah, we'll get there for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I I told I totally recommend getting it. Um, I mean, that's we we do a lot of those videos, uh, oh. but also Marvel Villainous. Like f- from a strategic card game player standpoint, Marvel Villainous over Disney Villainous. Yeah, like really? I, yeah, yes, yeah, hundred percent. Because with Marvel Villainous, there's a lot more interaction, uh, player yeah. player on player. Um, the the biggest, and that's where the biggest difference is between Disney and Marvel. With Marvel, there's a lot more uh, player interaction. Disney, it's you're mostly just basically engine building, and okay. if you're if another player wants to interact with you, they'll just say, "Okay, let's let's see what your top two yeah. cards of your fate deck are, and let's just see how that slows you down." Yeah. So there really isn't it's indirect uh, player interaction. It, there mm-hmm. is no direct player. It interaction. also seems like the cards inside the fate deck for Marvel are a lot more harsh overall than what some of the cards are. Because there are some for Disney where it's like, oh, these do nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like you wasted an entire Mm -hmm. action or turn, Mm -hmm. depending on what it is. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the one thing that I would say to a lot of people say that is it's a card game. Yeah. You know, it's a card game. (laughs) You know, we're card game players, we get it. You know, it's (laughs) that's that that's how it be sometime, unfortunately. So yeah. I need to look into it because I need like I was thinking about like the theme stuff and I think most of my games are very void of theme. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's like themes kind of just like painted on, but everything underneath is more just like the mechanic. I feel like as a designer, like that's where it's like, what, what are you, what, what are you going to prioritize theme or mechanic? Yeah. Right. And, and I feel like I'm sure there's a lot of games who it's like they pick one or the other <laughs> to really focus on. And as a designer, it's like, you have to figure out how can you do both really, really yeah. well. Totally. Right. And I, and I get, that's probably expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's probably Definitely. really expensive. It's just, I, I was looking at my top 10 list today cause I was talking to a coworker about games and I, I looked at my list and I was like, yep, yeah, pretty much like my top 10, seven of the games are just there's a theme but not really yeah <laughs> and the other three are like very thematic but everything else i'm like i just i just want good gameplay that's all i want yeah. yeah yeah and i feel i feel like from a video game perspective that's that's usually how i would approach the video game yeah is, is it, like 
is it fun to play? I was going to say, right. there's there's so many great games out there, but the quality of like the graphics compared to what there are now is just like terrible. Yeah. But it's like the gameplay is so good or the community yeah. inside the game is just still going if it's an online game, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, you talk about a lot of the, the old school shooters. People are still playing. Uh, GoldenEye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep going back to Super Nintendo. That's like my favorite system of all yeah. time. And, and most of my favorite video games are Super Nintendo games, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's for a reason, because they're yeah. those are awesome. <laughs> I was a Genesis kid, so I had a Genesis. Oh. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Yeah. So for me, like I gravitate toward the Genesis, mm-hmm. mostly based for nostalgia. Yeah. But he, but right. still, those games are still really great. You know, mm-hmm. Sonic, totally. all the Sonics for yeah. sure. So, <clears throat> so what other card games are there? Any other card games that you're kind of really playing or that you really like to play outside of uh, Arkham? Yeah, uh, let me pull up my BGG profile and look at my <laughs> games. Um, I know one that immediately came to top of mind was uh, Glory to Rome. Okay. Um, don't buy a copy off the third market. Don't do it because they're selling for $300. Don't buy one. Okay. Um, I made a homebrew version. <laughs> so, uh, but Glory to the Rome is great. It's all multi-use cards. It's just a card game. Um and you, the theme is you're building Rome. You're just playing cards. Come on. Um, but <laughs> the whole game is like, it's designed super elegantly where every card is overpowered. Every single card is overpowered. And the whole point of the game is you have a card, you play a card from your hand. There's five different colors and each color represent or six different colors. And each color represents a different type of action you can take when you play it. And after you play a card, everyone is allowed to also play a matching colored card after you play and you all get to take those actions in a turn. So you're ne- there's never downtime. You're always playing something. Uh. Um, and your cards, if depending on where you put them on your board, the card either becomes uh, an additional action. So if you play like there's cards called clientele, which lets you hire more cards into your clientele to get more bonus actions. So if you have another, if you play a clientele card and you have also a clientele card in your clientele spot, you get to hire two people instead of one. Um, every card is also a building. So if you play the card as a building to build, once you complete it and gets in your city, then you have a, a you have a bonus power for the rest of the game. There are some cards that legit just say, if you build this card, you win and the game is over. <laughs> um, and there's cards that let you steal cards from other players. And the other cool part too is the game has no discard pile. Any card that gets discarded goes to a pool in the middle of the table that other people can take your cards from then. Wow, interesting. So everything links together and everything, wow. the game is brutally mean. It's Damn, it can get really nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Make a homebrew version. Don't buy the three hundred dollar nice version. Glory to Rome. Right? Glory to Rome. Glory to Rome. Okay. There's a really there's a, a version that looks like it's like really bad cartoon, like really really bad like comic book cartoons. It looks ugly as sin. It's about a hundred dollars, but don't get it. It looks so bad. <laughs> but they get, that game's amazing. I love that game. Um. This is kind of like a hybrid card game. I mean, the whole game functions on the cards you play. Um, Food Chain Magnate. Um, It's by this company called Splatter. Uh, They're a Dutch... Yeah, Dutch team. It's just two guys. They do this for fun. Um, They have day jobs. So all the art for the Splatter games look like children drew it. (laughs) Uh, 
but the the gameplay is so deep. Uh, Food Chain Magnate is my number five favorite game of all time. Okay. And the whole game is you're the CEO of a fast food restaurant and there's a giant map. Everyone's the CEO of their own fast food restaurant and you play cards to hire more cards to get people to make burgers for you, to get people to do marketing for you. And the whole board is you trying to mess everyone else up. And you're like marketing to houses like this house wants pizza. This house wants beer. And then after everyone does their rounds of playing their cards, then all the houses on the board go out to get food from fast food restaurants, which is your restaurant. But they only will buy food from you if you can fulfill their entire order. So you can like see someone like that person's bogarting all the pizza in the game and all their houses want pizza. I'm just going to put a mailbox campaign in their yard that makes them want beer now. And they have no way to get beer. So they can't sell anything for the next five rounds until they find beer somehow. Wow. (laughs) And the game lasts three to five hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You lost Jim. (laughs) (laughs) It's it, but it doesn't feel like it lasts that long. It goes by really fast and I suck at it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so bad at this game. My wife destroys us when she plays. Like it's, but the game's amazing. Interesting. You know, it sounds a little bit like unfair. A little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. It sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bruges is really good. Uh, it's another Stefan Feld game with multi-use cards. It just got reprinted on Kickstarter as Hamburg, where they changed the rules a little bit. Um, Multi-use cards, you're building every card functions either as a person that you can put in your city or as a house, you can put more people in. And when the people are in your city, you get bonus abilities and special actions to do more stuff on your turn. Um, I'm just brisk. I'm going really quick through these things. Uh, Dale of Merchants is a really good quick deck builder game where you uh, are hiring animals to help you make the best merchant stall in the city. Uh, first person to make all their stalls is the winner. It goes by really fast and there's a lot of variability because there's if you have all of it, there's about 30 different animals and you only mix a certain amount depending on player count. Oh, okay. um, the last quick one I'll do because I could do this forever is uh, <laughs> the one I've really liked a lot and I picked up because I saw someone on Instagram post about it. It's called Fantasy Realms. Yes, okay. We Fantasy just, Realms. Just got that not that long ago. Have you played it yet? Not yet. Oh, it's so good. It is. Say, did I see this one? Yeah, it's right behind oh, you. Is it right behind me? It's oh, right behind me. Just, uh, oh. <laughs> it's on top oh, of that yours, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might be my new backpack game. Yeah. It's just, it takes like 15 minutes to play max and it just goes so fast. And all you're doing is card drafting um, and trying to score the best possible hand. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. We're going to have to play that one then. We're going to take a quick second. I don't I hear. You hear that? Yeah. Is that fireworks? No, I want to make sure it's not my kids. Is it popcorn? Oh, <laughs> sure it's not my kids. I think it's popcorn. Ooh. All right. Understood. Yeah, no problem. Understood. He can't hear you. <laughs> no, no, not you, Dan. He said something to you and I'm like, you can't. And he answered. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is fine. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what have you guys been playing lately? Um, villainous. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of villainous. We played DC Deck Builder as well. And what else have we really played? We have one video on Lord of the Rings. Cool. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. And um I think that's I think that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, we've only had recorded like three different games, right? Villainous, DC, and uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, here's Slay. We just did here's oh Slay. yeah, and we just did here the Slay. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yes, uh, hopefully soon we can play that uh, Fantasy Star. What? Fantasy Star. We can play that one soon. Fantasy Realms. My bad. Fantasy Realms, yeah. I was thinking like Star Realms, Fantasy oh, Star. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Wait, yeah. Fantasy Star Online is a completely different game. Yeah, that is totally different. <laughs> yeah. right. Where were we? Um, I, I just thought of one more game to bring up because I can't remember if you guys mentioned, are you, were you both TCG players growing up? He was. Huge. I I got into I got into him later. Yeah. Okay. Not that long ago, actually. Um, probably about probably five years ish. Sounds about right. Yeah, five You're years saying like or so. Dominaria for MTG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jim, this might be more for you then. Have you heard yes. of a game called Millennium Blades? Yes. 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 <laughs> Dan, do you know about this one? I no, I do not. Dan, Dan, this game. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're, let him. Let I feel him like you about. were telling me about <laughs> yeah, this. I it did. sounds this. Okay, you were telling me about yeah, this. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant CCG simulator game. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a wild idea for a game, but I, I have it. I haven't got a chance to play it yet. But everyone says it's like, if it's not in their favorite games ever, it's one of their favorite like experiences playing a game oh, ever because it just simulates like I gotta go. It, it just simulates like being a collector, buying booster packs, getting a collection, making a binder, making a deck to go to tournaments, playing in a tournament, and then selling cards from your binder. It's like, it does everything you do as a normal card game player. I'm like, this just sounds like my everyday life, Dan. (laughs) If you guys want to know what it's like to be me. (laughs) Buy Millennium Blades. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, I remember you telling me about it. I'm like, this yeah. sounds hilarious yeah. and awesome yeah. all the there's same a, time. There's a lot of like really good Easter eggs in it too. There's like a booster pack set that's basically the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, one right. of the <laughs> one of the characters you play as is Fat Yugi from Yu Gi Oh. It's yeah. it's just everything's in there. It's like super funny. That is awesome. All right, now you have this right. I, I have so so I was at a I was at a game store recently and I saw that's that right, they had like a little expansion. It was just like a smaller deck of cards. And I'm like, so I know I want to get this game at some point. So I'm buying whatever this is. I didn't even know what it was, but it was millennium <laughs> blades, like little deck of cards. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was my first purchase for it. Okay. There's, so there's a shop in the, the big box. There's a shop in the city that I know for sure has it. Okay. And it's been on their shelf for like a year. Cause no one knows what it is. Cause it's a comic shop. Okay. So, all right. Okay. All right. So it's, yeah. it's here. You're going to have to send so me you're this info send, later. Yeah, send us I'll, the link I'll and go. then we'll go pick it up. <laughs> okay. And what's today? I'll go tomorrow. What time they hope. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my word. So, okay. So you, you, you touched on it a little bit. Deck builders. Yep. What's your, what's your, what's your thoughts on deck builders? Uh, love them. Um, my, my wife, uh, one of her favorite, favorite games is Clank. Okay. Um, and that is like a good hybrid, like deck builder slash, like you're moving around on a map, Mm -hmm. um, to like collect like treasures and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was one of my favorite experiences we had in gaming because we were visiting friends back, back in Kansas. And one of her friends was also visiting family at that point. So we met up with him. And he took us to his like new local game store that he was liking there. And he's like, let's play Clank. And he showed us Clank. 
We had a really good time with it. We really, we finished the game. We left, went back to the car. We were in the car, ready to drive away. And my wife kept going, I really liked that game a lot. It was a lot of fun. I was like, they had a copy. You want to go back in and get it? She's like, no, we don't need to get it. It's fine. And then we started driving. She was like, I want it. And she turns like around in the parking lot, <laughs> parks and goes inside and goes, I want to buy Clank, please. And the guy goes, well, I'll give you Clank and this expansion and these promos for less than MSRP for just the base game. Oh, and so we just nice. got a huge Clank influx at once. Oh. It's So was that the base, the original, the first? Yeah, the base and Sunken Treasures expansion. Okay. Okay. Yep. It's it's such a good deck builder game. I love it. And yeah, then I haven't played it yet. I mean, I'm going to get we're go, I'm going to get all of them at some point, but yeah. just, it's just not one that I've played yet. It's it's solid. Uh, the one that was more of like a not we had an argument about this me and Ryan and and Max that was like this isn't really a deck builder, but it is, but it's not. Uh Lost Ruins of Arnak. Right there. Right there. <laughs> that game is amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I, I I haven't played it yet, but I've been wanting to get it for the longest time. And mm. I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, all right, I mean, I have to. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I have to. It's insanely good. It's better than it should be, especially now, for their first time designers too, which is insane. Oh, they are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now it's not, it has deck building mechanics, right? Yep. It's not, it's not like strictly considered a deck builder. It just has no. deck building mechanics. Right. Okay. It's okay. like the cards that you draw, like you don't need to play cards for every action because you have workers you can put on the board. Yeah. But in order to send your workers to specific locations, you ha- you'll have to discard cards because there's different movement locations. There's like airplane, boat, and car. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to a car location, you have to discard a c- card with a car on it. Yeah. Um, or an airplane because the airplane takes you everywhere. But it's... It's cool, especially the way that you get your cards, because like every other deck builder game, if you buy a card from the market, it goes to your discard pile, and then right. you have to get through your entire deck, shuffle it, and then to hope to draw it. that card. Right. But Arnak, the cards you buy, you will see next turn, because oh, wow. they go into a, a separate discard pile, and then you flip that discard pile over and put it on just underneath the last few cards under your deck, or the new cards you bought go under your deck, and then you shuffle your discard pile and put that underneath that. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's always at the top of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's never a time every card you buy in the game, you'll get to use at least once, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a feels bad in yeah. like the later turns of like legendary or DC deck builder where you get like the good cards that you can find. You finally have the, the resources to spend on it and yeah. then you get them and then you just never see them for a couple turns because the yeah. game is then over. Yeah. Like, it, it makes it, sense. It's just, same thing happens in Arkham too. Like you get done with a scenario, yeah. you buy a car with your XP and you're like, I haven't seen this damn card for three scenarios. And that <laughs> my whole deck is around this card and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now here I have a question. So are there tutor effects in Arkham? Oh yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. It's just like class dependent though, too, yeah, depending on like, sure. like, like guardians have cards that let you get your weapons out quicker. Like you search the top nine cards of your deck for a weapon to get, but then you can't play that card in a seeker class unless that seeker lets you play a guardian cards. Like there's a lot of like, I mean, it's the other thing with the investigators too. The deck building requirements for every investigator is unique depending on what deluxe box they came in. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. so, so like edge of the earth, the new set coming out, the way they made these investigators work, which is really cool, is that like your blue investigator, the guardian, 
they all function the same where you can have level zero to level two cards of your class specific card in your deck to start with. And for the rest of the game, but your character transitions to a new class throughout the game. So the guardian transitions into a survivor because then you really? can have, yeah, you can have the full range of survivor cards in your deck, but you can only have zero wow. to two guardian cards for your guardian deck. So it, it's cool that everything kind of shifts while you're playing the game. So the whole set is about shifting and there's a whole other set that's like, your deck requirement is you can have any card from your class in there, but also you can have any card that has spirit in the name, or you can have any card that heals horror off of you. You can put that in your deck. So there, like, there's so much like little minutiae with the deck building that makes the game even deeper. See, that's what I love about these living card games and the expandable card games is the deck building requirements. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like it's not like an, any other TCG or CCG where it's like you can build whatever you want. Where, like, that's cool. Like, that's nice. Well, you kind of can, but it's not going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. To be honest. Yeah, right. But legal. Like, yeah. it's legal. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. it's legal. But for, for games like these, like Arkham, it's like, you can't just build whatever you want and then it's legal. Yeah. Like, you actually have these requirements that, okay, if you want to build this kind of deck, you have to follow these rules, yep. basically. Like, I mean, I guess there are... Um, I guess there are minor roles in, you know, TCGs and CGs like yeah. magic, yeah. but they're, they're, they're not big rules that you got to follow. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's like, it's, it's almost like a puzzle where yeah. you're trying to figure out to build the best kind of deck using, using these given requirements. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if it was like that for magic of like, you can only have four one drops eight two drops you know and and so on and so forth and you're getting to these higher and so higher so i used to play um elder scrolls legends mm-hmm. so the elder scrolls tcg right mm-hmm. Digi- digital card game and like one of the big things that a lot of people did or even there were tournaments that it's like they had their requirements like it's for this tournament this is singleton only format right, right? or but there were there were other different formats that they just made up and said here are the rules for these decks because we want to see deck variety, yeah. right? Because yeah. a lot of times, if you don't have these rules set up, the meta just turns into whatever, like, standard or whatever is at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that's what I've learned and loved about the card games is, like, the, the I, I, have, I have a renewed appreciation for diversity of decks. Yeah. <laughs> and even just, like, you hear something that has, like, crazy deck building requirements, like, this investigator, Carolyn Fern, who's a guardian and her weird deck requirement is since she's the psychologist, she doesn't play like a normal guardian with it gets big guns and grenades, which you can put in her deck if you want to. But her whole thing is that she wants to talk to you because she's a psychologist. So her deck building requirement is any card that heals horror. You can also include in her deck. And so you play the whole class differently because it's not like a typical class. But even then you hear that and you're like, well, there's definitely best cards to put in the deck then. Right. But you look online and there's like 15, 20 different Carolyn decks that all function really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. But then it's also cool if you see those 20 and then you come up with the 21st that yeah. works yeah. just as good, if yeah. not better. Yeah. yeah. Or even coming with like, th- like I can catch my argument for fucking ever, but like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like making thematic decks yes. too, like too is so oh, yeah. cool. Like yes. my friend and I want to make a Scooby-Doo run where we play everyone from Scooby-Doo, which is five people, but but there's a character called Ashcan Pete, yep. and his card is yep. a dog, so that's yep. Scooby and Shaggy right yep. there. Yep. Um, that's and then who we, I played the last time. When oh, we played, was it? I played Ashcan okay. Pete, okay. yes. It's just like cool, the dumb things you can do, and there's yeah. uh, uh, William York, who's a grave digger, uh, Pet Cemetery. You just include your deck with a bunch of animal companions. You <laughs> dig them up and play them again. <laughs> it's... 
So, and, and that from, from deck building, I love doing that too. Cause like I have a commander deck for magic that I built. It's a uh, Kenra, uh, what is the even name? It's Kenrith, Kenrith the Return Kenrith King. The Return King yeah. Right. So like, it's a humans deck essentially. And like, so he's the King. There's Queen Marchesa who's in there. I'm like, that's his queen. There's a prince. I can't remember the name. For everyone who knows that is not the queen. That's not the queen. That's not his <laughs> queen, but in, in the deck, she's the queen. There's like a prince in there. And I'm like, that's their, their heir. Ger, uh, Gerard, I think it's from, it's from commander legends. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, he's the prince. And I've got a bunch of other humans that are like, I gave them like their own individual, like roles within the kingdom. And I'm like, Hey, these are all humans. Okay. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got it. There we go. It's, it's all, it's on theme. Mm-hmm. And like, like that's one of the things that I, I really enjoy. It's, I, th- the mechanics are there because it's, yes. it's a strategy card game. Now I'm bringing my own theming into it. Yep. Like, that's what's cool. I love that. That's like one of our favorite runs we're looking forward to doing is we're making a griefer run where we're making decks because there's like, especially the, the, the rogue class because the rogue class just does chaos. That's their whole point is you can put cards in your deck for rogues. They give the cards like, Oh, I don't want to do this. You do it. <laughs> and so the whole deck, we're just going to make double griefer decks where we have to still try to beat the game, but try to ruin each other's game plan at the same time. <laughs> um, that sounds like a, that sounds like a gym deck. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, it does. It does. It, like if, the other one that we were really excited about is, uh, and I'll, I'll stop on Arkham then, but like there's a, a new investigator called Bob Jenkins coming out in edge of the earth. And he's a door to door salesman. And so uh, we want to do a deck with him. We want to do a thing where we play two player, but with three investigators and the third investigator, we will, st- we will take control over every other round. Mm. Um, but it's going to be Bob Jenkins, the booze and drug peddling salesman. And so his whole deck is going to be different pills and drugs <laughs> and, and alcohol. And then he's going to play a rogue class that has illicit weapons in it. And then the other person is a person that's getting constantly accosted by these people on the street trying to sell them alcohol and booze and things. (laughs) So then you can, like, when you take control of that third investigator, that's when your investigator can be like, hey, come over here. I have some sweet, I have a sweet AR-15 I can sell you right now this round (laughs) if you want it. The whole game is going to be how stocked up can we give this person? How deep can we get them into addiction in the scenario? Oh man! <laughs> oh, dude, that's funny. <laughs> oh. oh man! So you really like Arkham Horror? <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> so okay, so so we 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 start. We touched on this a little bit, but deck yeah. building games. Yeah. Okay. Um, what what are some of your favorites? Do you, do you have some favorite deck builders? Uh, Clank is really high on the list for both of us. Okay. Um, just because it's so easy to take out and just, just get to it. It's just super accessible. Um, I've only played dominion once, but I really like dominion. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to try to invest into it. If I can find someone getting rid of a collection cheap, then yeah, but there's there's just so many expansions for that one too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking through my collection again really fast. Oh, this one's kind of interesting. Um, cause you deck build as the game starts, uh, it's called lawyer up. Uh, it was a Kickstarter not too long ago. You play, it's a two player only card game and you play as the prosecutor and the defense attorney in a court case. And you're trying to sway jurors uh, to your side of this, of the argument by playing cards. And 
depending on this, there's different scenarios to play. There's even a Salem witch hunt one, which is cool. Dan, we need it. <laughs> it. It's cool. But the whole thing then is there's a, depending on the scenario you play and the difficulty of the scenario that you play, there's a different deck you will take out. And that's the evidence deck. So the, the prosecutor and the defense attorney both start with the same, like, I forget what the types of cards are. There's, two, there's three types of cards and there's two types in each of those decks. And then the, the evidence deck gets its own deck for the scenario. And then what you do then is each player, then at the very beginning of the game, you draw three cards off the evidence deck, pick one to put in your deck, pick evidence to give to your opponent and one piece of evidence that you're burying. So no one can use that evidence in the court case <laughs> and you draft your whole deck and your opponent's deck through that entire stack before the game even starts. Wow. You're not even deck building yourself. You're also deck building your opponent's deck. Huh. That's a completely different take on it. Yeah. yeah. Another thing too, then is you're not allowed to look at any of the cards that you draft for yourself or any of the cards your opponent gives you. You can't, once they're face down, you can't look at them. You shuffle your deck and you just see what you get when you draw it. Wow. Interesting. That's a very interesting take. It's yeah, super cool. <laughs> All right. Lawyer up. Lawyer, <laughs> yeah, lawyer up. up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard of it. I'm pretty sure I've heard of it before. It, yeah. it, didn't come out too long ago. I think yeah. like four or five months ago, but it's yeah. very, very fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, have you played, I assume not, uh, any of the, the DC deck builder or Leg- Marvel legendary? I have not. Okay. I needed, I needed to go. I need to just try it just to play it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very different, Yeah. but, but they're true. also, they're, they're similar, but they're still very different. Um, uh, w- the first, the first deck builder that I played was DC deck builder. Mm-hmm. And wasn't that the same for yeah. you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, um, if you haven't, like we've, we've got a couple of DC deck building game videos out. Oh, great. Um, and actually we're releasing another one on Friday. <laughs> uh, it's going to be our next one. Cool. Um, so I think at this point, I think we've got, I think I've got like all of them, all of the, uh, different expansions. One of the cool things that I like about DC deck builder. So, original like when they came out like it's a it's a competitive deck builder mm-hmm. right and so like there's actually a competitive community of people who play game pretty competitively and it's you know and you can play it really competitively and it's like it's built that way there's a but ban the, list and everything oh yeah they've <laughs> no, got a cool ban for, list for they've online. got they've yeah. got everything yeah. and so they've also got like these crisis expansions which it turns it from a competitive into a co-op game um, and then they also have, they first came out with uh, rivals. So it was Batman and Joker. So one of you plays as the hero, one of you plays as the villain. And it, it is legit head to head. And then they came out with a big box expansion called Confrontations with like a bunch of the other heroes and villains. So, and then they came out with another rivals box, uh, which was Green Lantern and Sinestro. And then they're coming out this year, I believe the end of this year, with Flash and Reverse Flash. So it's nice that they have these different ways to play it, right? Yeah. So you've got competitive, but then you have like strict, um, strict like head to head and even teams. And there's a newer version like called Rebirth. Um, and I can't remember, like they actually have like pieces and locations that you can move around. Oh, I, haven't, cool. I haven't played that one yet. But it's a it's a little bit of a different take. Yeah. Um, but from from a card gamer and a like a deck building standpoint, it works really, really well. Okay. That's really fun. Yeah, it, it is it's it's a lot of fun. Just say I don't think I've ever heard of the rebirth, the rebirth? one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten it wow. yet, but uh, eventually it'll get added to the collection. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is it is different. I'm I am interested to see how it plays yeah. with like moving 
around in these different locations. I'm I'm interested just to see how it works. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I I mm-hmm. would recommend checking that one out. Um, even even the base, the core set is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that's really weird, well, not weird, it's just with the DC version. So you've got you pick a superhero mm-hmm. that that you start as, and they each have their different ability. So like when you're building your deck, they kind of they don't force you into building it a certain way. It's just you get bigger bonuses or buffs if you build it a certain way. Like Batman is more focused on equipment. Mm-hmm. Superman yeah. is more focused on superpowers. Um, so, like, if you build it that way, you're, you know, you're. If you don't, it's like you're missing out on, you know, benefits and resources yeah, essentially. Sure. So with Legendary, like, they don't. You can literally do it however you want because you're not controlling anything. So. I, I'm like, I don't know, I'm I'm torn, I guess, on the idea, the concept of it. Like, I like it, but I also feel like every time I play it, like, I'm already kind of pigeonholed in mm. a way that I have mm. to build it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you still don't have to build it that way. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's, got, it's, it's got its pros and its cons. There yeah. are also characters that are just like, well, this is a very generic thing. Yeah. So, like, the Flash, yeah. it's whenever you draw a card and... You want to draw cards, right? Yeah, you want to play game. cards draw to draw cards. more cards. <laughs> uh, he allows you to draw an additional card as the, well. The, the first, first time. The first time each turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's banned in the... Uh, <laughs> in the I can game. see why. Drawing cards yeah, is like the most powerful thing really you can do good. in a yes. card game. And, yeah. and Green Lantern as well. Oh, it just man. says, uh, when you play cards that have cost one or more, so anything that's not in like the starter uh, deck... Yeah. And if it's three or more cards with different names, yeah, you then you get to add three power to your overall score. Yeah. Which which is your resource yeah. for the game. Yeah. Oh my so, god. Yeah. So it's just which just you're you're gonna whatever. get that like after <laughs> after turn like five or six, yeah, yeah. after you start buying cards, it's yeah. You're you're getting it like every turn. <laughs> Pretty which much. you did. Yeah, yeah. In the late stage, it was just like up, oh, activated yep, him, activate. next turn, and yep. activated again. <laughs> and like there were some times where it was like, oh no, I only have two. And then I had a card that was just like, uh, draw, draw. Oh, there it yeah. is, plus three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sometimes it could get scary, but yeah, yeah, for me. Which is, <laughs> there, there is a character in the game which is probably the most fun I've ever had, Shazam. Shazam and DC deck builder. You can pay three power to just take the card off the top of the deck. You don't know what it is until you just get it. Yeah. So So. it could could be a card that costs like 10 and you just paid three for it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And your opponent doesn't even have an opportunity to even like get the card because you know, you you play with all the ones that are face up on the board and that's normally what you can buy. And the best part is it's not once per turn. You could just be like, I have 12 power, four off the top. Okay, yep. these are my new cards. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's busted. <laughs> yeah, that it's busted. a lot of fun. That's busted. That, but you know what? Like, you know, how many times, Keegan, have you been playing a card game and you've said those two words? That's busted. <laughs> Yu Gi Oh! Every day I played that game. <laughs> like, oh, I, uh, I, I, I still like watch random Yu Gi Oh! videos on online. Like, I'm not even playing the game anymore just to see like how insane it's gotten. Yeah. And there's been so many like Yugi streamers or Yugi tubers that say like, if you don't make an unbreakable board turn one, you lose. And it's that that's the case now. Like, yeah. like I like it was I had like a, that for a long time. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Like I I thought I had a pretty good combo deck going on when I was still playing the game. And then looking at combo decks now, like draw 20 cards your first turn and put seven monsters on board. And that's normal. It's like, okay, yeah. cool. I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> 
That's not fun to me. Yeah. No. That's, I mean, okay, is it cool? Show it to me one time. Okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but I'm not, gonna, I don't want to do that every time. Yeah. It's the one thing in card games you don't want because Hearthstone had this huge problem too. Like, I, I was getting really out. I played Hearthstone a lot. Then I got really out of it like yep. this year. And then after all the Blizzard stuff happened, I'm like, I'm not going back anymore at yeah. all. But that game, there were so many situations of this is fun for me. But if this happened to me, I would hate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that can kill a card game. Mm-hmm. I started playing Hearthstone just solo, just going through the campaigns. I'm like, yeah. Oh, not, yeah. I'm those not. those are fun. Yeah, those, those are, are fun. fun. But I'm I'm like I'm not playing this online. I'm not playing mm. with this anybody. No. I can do the campaign because that's fun, but yeah. nothing else. No. It it there's so much like it just feels bad. Yep. Bye. And like there was a card that came out in the game that started that downhill trend called Patches the Pirate. Ooh, Patches. And I'm that, in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that that card felt bad for every player where yeah. if you if someone played a pirate turn one, they drew patches out of their deck, it yeah. felt really bad for you as the opponent. But if you're playing a patches deck and you draw patches, you feel horrible. The the crazy thing about it was like there was a there was a statistic they found out. If you didn't draw or if you did draw patches in your first card uh, when playing the deck, your win your win to loss ratio dropped to like forty percent. If from, you drew it, yeah. yeah. So if you draw into it, normally the deck was sitting at like eighty two percent. But if you draw into it, it you shot down. Really, you lost like fifty percent of your whole, of your games at that point. The whole the whole card's ability was that it had charge, so it could attack immediately when he hit when it hit the yeah, board. But right. its ability was if it's in your deck and you play a pirate, it summons from your deck automatically. Yeah, it's so free. if it's in your hand, you have to pay to play it. It's so it's so worthless. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And later on, they so the thing I said with uh, I'm in charge is what he used to say because he had the ability charge. They took they got rid of the charge ability. And he no longer says that. So that's like a really old school <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, uh, I haven't played Hearthstone in a yeah. long time. My, my favorite card from that one, well, when I did play a lot, was a uh, Kingslayer for Rogue. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a weapon uh, that you would set up. It had two durability, so you'd attack with it the first turn you played Oh, Kingsbane, it. yeah. Yeah, Kingsbane, yeah, my yep. bad. Um, and then it uh, all the... All the uh, enchantments that you pretty much had on it. So like raise up its attack, mm-hmm. give it life still, you know, whatever it is. Um, as soon as it's destroyed, you put it back into your deck. And it so, keeps all the enhancements. So, so you don't oh, fatigue. Yeah. So oh, you're not God. losing life from being like, oh man, I decked out. No, no, you didn't. Just attack into your next turn and then draw the card oh, my yep. in the following turn. And then it's it could get to like what 14 to 18 attack along with lifesteal so every single turn you're just like poke full heal yeah dude that's crazy i love that deck (laughs) (laughs) see see you love it but if you played against it yeah oh oh my god i hate this yeah Yeah. yep for sure for sure all right so i think i I think we both know what the answer to this is gonna be that's okay so if you uh if you could play uh one game we ask this to everybody, all right? Mm-hmm. So if you could play one game for the rest of your life, you could only pick one, what would it be? Uh, Scrabble. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Words would, are hard, Dan. Words are hard. <laughs> uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, any day. It, it, w- it would have been Root. For the longest time, it would have been Root. But mm-hmm. Arkham trumped that position for me just so, because of how replay- re- replayable it is. 
that's that and that's 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 got to be my biggest thing when it comes to card games in general it's just the replayability yep. i've said this i've said this about deck builders but really it can apply to any card game yeah. is the like the the first time we played dc deck builder completely different from the last time we played it oh yeah totally not the same um i think i i t- said this last time but we i had our foreign exchange student over our house a couple weeks ago i introduced him to dc deck builder I'm like have you ever played your I mean, you see all these games. I'm like, you've ever played a card game? You ever played a deck builder? He's like, nope. So I busted out DC deck builder, played three different games. <laughs> that each of them was completely different, mm-hmm. completely different. And he loved it, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Why, why wouldn't he? Because it's awesome. But it's a, a different experience every single time. And I'm like, I couldn't even be playing the same hero, and it's mm-hmm. still completely different. Mm-hmm. But this, that applies to literally any card game that we're playing. It's it's totally different. <laughs> Yep. Every single time. And that's awesome to me. You can yep. give me a deck of a hundred cards and like you're playing through, like I even said earlier with that first scenario in Arkham. Yep. It's a different yeah. experience every single time. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. And I don't think there's any other game that's, that can provide that sense of differ differentiation, I guess, or replayability. I think that's just the innate RNG aspect of card games with yeah. you don't like, you know, your deck, but you don't know what you're going to draw. Yeah. I think the only games that I feel like can really compete with that are games where the player interaction is very, very, very high because you can't like Ryan is, for example, is super into games where you can like long-term plan a strat from the beginning and just follow that plan the entire way through. Yeah. He likes to long game and I hate mm-hmm. long game. I'm very much more of a tactical player. I like when things change in the moment and just having to respond to it, Yeah. which like the, like games, like card games, you have to respond to how you draw. You have to respond to what yep. you have available to you yep. or games where like player board interaction, like root, for example, the player board changes from one turn to the next and you might have a whole plan for your turn and one thing can happen. Your whole plan is ruined. And you have to think yeah. of something else. The mice do their revolution and just completely destroy some stuff. Yep. Or you're playing a, uh, a scoundrel. Is that, I think it's the vagabond. Scoundrel. Yeah. The vagabond. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's, you can be a scoundrel yeah, yeah, yeah. as a vagabond yeah. and the, 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 the different things that you can do as a, a vagabond is great because you're just one little character moving around the entire map mm-hmm. rather than controlling armies every yep. single yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's your favorite? Um, have you played all of the boxes of Arkham yet? No, I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite deluxe expansion that you've played so far? Definitely Carcosa. Carcosa. It, it, adds a lot to the game uh like dunwich helped a lot with like like corset the night of the zealot shows you it's a like a really good tutorial of what the game can do mm-hmm. but dunwich like kicks those doors down and punches the windows out and goes look at this house and then like carcosa carcosa just adds a lot to the thematic storytelling of it yeah. like there's some results in carcosa that affect what you're allowed to say physically in real life in the campaign really oh. Yeah, and that happened with me and my friend. We're like, oh, we shouldn't say this anymore. And then I accidentally said it the next time we played, and I got hurt by it. And it's just like little things like that. It just <laughs> blows the game up a lot. It's just, and every deluxe box adds a new element to the game. It adds like this little twist in. And I know I'm going to like love something about everyone, but right now Carcosa, also the first scenario of Carcosa takes place in a theater, and being a theater kid, that makes me happy. <laughs> like It's, it's yeah. just a really good experience. 
Have you played any of the? Um, they are man. What what exactly are they called? Uh, but it's like you've got Night of the Ragaru, Murder at the Excelsior oh, the, Hotel, the side the side quests. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. played? Have you played those ones yet? Uh, I was gonna solo play the hotel over the weekend because I kept hearing how great the hotel scenario was. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, I've heard but, good things about all of them. I finally, I finally found Carnival Carnival of uh, Horrors and Curse yep. of the Raguru. Yeah, uh, so finally it was found them, and I'm like, okay, bye, bye. <laughs> I'm like, this, yeah. I've been trying to get them for the longest time. <laughs> the, um, we were we were debating about wanting to do like a side quest in our Carcosa like run, but we're we're one scenario from being done with it, so we're like, let's just finish Carcosa off and then move to Innsmouth. Um, but there's a really fun one that I really want to play with my wife called Barkham Horror. Oh, Barkham I have, Horror. dude, I, I pre-ordered that thing and then it got canceled because, uh, fan, uh it was asthma day. Mm-hmm. Asthma day messed up. It's basically what happened, which is like a regular occurrence nowadays. I feel like, Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I had it pre-ordered and now you like, you can't get it. Like, yeah. I don't even know where to get it. So I, I, some guy on our Chicago board game selling group was selling it for 15 bucks. So I went and picked it up. Oh, I'll have but, this off the, I got to see if I can find it. Yeah. But that one, that was funny. It started as a joke. Yeah. Even the, <laughs> even the back of the box says this isn't an April fool's joke. It actually <laughs> happened. <Yeah>. It <laughs> was weird. Like all the investigators are dogs and all the yep. enemies are cats. Yep. And you can't combine anything to any other sets that yeah. says this is a standalone only play it like this but it yeah. looks like so much fun especially the best part is duke is in it ash can pete's yes. sidekick yes and then, but then duke's sidekick is ash can pete which is hilarious is it really <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah i wanted to get that one but but i couldn't so but anyway one day dude one yeah day. one day one day <laughs> one one day we'll find it um okay so i kind of the last thing i kind of want to man we've been talking for a while Holy wow cow. does not seem like it's been that it long it doesn't seem like that <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've 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 talked a lot about living card games and expandable card games and mm-hmm. how that really appeals is way more appealing than the TCG or CCG, I guess a market, let's just say. Um, how do you feel like that market has been uh, just, just games wise? Like I, we've touched on a little bit. There's a lot of really good expandable card games now that are out there. Yeah. Like when I found that out, I'm like, dude, this (laughs) model is just awesome. Why don't more games or more designers, really go that route i feel like they should i, I mean same i agree I, I i don't know if like fantasy flight has like a patent on the living card game idea they have a they have a patent on the name or on the, the name trademark they trademark the term living card game okay but you say that uh a side note here we've touched on this before uh earthborn rangers yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we got somebody else who's excited about it. I've, I mean, like I said, I, I kicked Kickstarter because I, yeah, yeah, sure. I got very over the whole, I got very upset about Kickstarter's doing like, this is Kickstarter only. Yeah, so you have FOMO. to back it. Yeah. yeah FOMO, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I hate that business model so yeah, much. Like, right, right, if you right. have to sell your game because of promos, then your game's probably not that good. Yeah. Um, which is I, I only back games for leader games now because they say like anything you get from Kickstarter mm-hmm. is what you'll get retail, but you just get it early. Like yeah. that's fine with me. Yeah. But and, there, and there's and there's a couple, there's a few uh, 
places now that do that that are yeah. like that that are that are that have adopted that model and like that's perfect but it's funny though andrew navarro the designer mm-hmm. for earthborn is like yeah no this is where i'm not i'm totally not doing that <laughs> um this is the same thing but like with him he's just like i this is what we need to make the game uh, uh a, a reality a, a reality exactly yeah and i'm yeah. like that i i'm all i'm all for you man totally like, I, i'm totally there that's awesome yeah, I agree with that 100%. Just like any of like the stretch goals and the Kickstarter exclusive stuff, just like don't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Just like show us what your game is and everything that's going to come with it and just yeah. leave it at that and let us decide on it on, like at that point. But I th- I think more places or more companies should do the model of just like exp- like expanding things, especially if they have a card game. I mean, there's a, like a lot of like quick, small, like Res Arcana is another good deck builder that I like that has. I've heard good exp- things about that one yeah. too. It's incredible. Get it. Um, <laughs> but it has one expansion out already and they have another yeah. expansion coming out end of this year that just adds more cards to it, which is cool. But more games coming up with like story based systems. Yes. And buying things that you you just need to get this one little pack and you get so much extra content that just adds to story. I think is such a good idea that more companies should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing hearing Isaac Vega talk about um Ashes Reborn. Mm-hmm. Um he's a lead designer for that game. Like it makes sense. Like somebody who came up and like with not a lot of money and like they couldn't they didn't have the money to be like, okay, give me a hundred booster packs and then maybe you know, maybe I'll get the card that I want to actually be able to play this game competitively. Yeah. Like TCGs and CCGs just price people out of the game compet the competitive game real quick well even even with covid it priced people out of the casual game too yeah or like pokemon packs were ten dollars a pack yeah like the digimon game came out during covid and i was really interested in the digimon game and then booster packs were 250 dollars the starter decks uh there was uh the red one which is tied that was like 50 60 dollars mm. on secondary market yep. and it's going for like 10 to 15 it's like okay yeah, yeah the, this is fine and not even secondary market even the game retailers here were were pricing them that oh, high oh wow mm-hmm. like there's yeah. like still some shops yeah, here that are yeah there's still places here that are pricing pokemon packs 9 dollars a pack Oh, right. right. Which yeah. is like, you can just go to Target and get lucky and get one for four. But like all like the small mom and pop shops are charging them like crazy. Yeah. It's just like that. That will kill a game more than anything is mm-hmm. the third market because th- there's so many whales or people that just want to buy things to flip it. Yeah. Which like that caused Target to have their whole like yeah. we're ba- banning purchases <laughs> for a bit or holding yeah. these because people were legit fighting the vendors yeah. that were coming in for you packs. Only it's have like, one. <laughs> yeah. It's or like because. Packs. 20 and 30 year old weirdos that want to make a quick buck on a kid's card game want to ruin it for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like on, on, on one aspect, I'm like more power to those people for like trying to, you know, be an entrepreneur. Like I get that. But at the same time, it's like, come on, <laughs> like it's, grow up to, it's like be, a, be an entrepreneur and do something on your own then. And like, yes. don't like buy something that someone legitimately wants yes. just to flip it. Yeah. Like, you're no. just taking it away from somebody else who le- legitimately wants it because they want to enjoy it and not someone who just wants the money. Right. It's such like, a, I, I have such like a low tolerance for scalpers. <laughs> like it's such like a scumbaggy <laughs> thing to do. I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
That, Sa- that'll be the next expansion in uh, Millennium Blades. The Scalper, Scalper expansion. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> well, you know what, dude? That's like a perfect place to end it. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So, Keegan, uh, where where can people find you uh, on the internet? Yes, I'm on, if you want a lot of Arkham content or just like <laughs> other like board game content, my personal Instagram page is Foxbox Games. Uh, but box is B O C K S because B O X was taken. Because <laughs> uh, I, I guess Fox Box Games is an actual game company. But uh, but yeah, I'll be on there. And then also I live stream on Twitch, um, usually Arkham, and then other games on Tabletop Simulator and uh, speed runs of Hollow Knight. Uh, and my Twitch Ooh, name is nice. Zero Dumpling Zero. Uh, but that's also my Instagram profile too. So it's there. Okay. All right, well, we will be sure to link all of uh, all of Keegan's uh, profiles in the description, so check that out. Keegan, it was awesome. Thanks a lot for being here, and we'll definitely make sure we have you on later to <laughs> yeah, talk more would, card games. <laughs> love, to, love being here and would love to come back again. All right, awesome. All right. All right, so thanks again, Keegan. Like I said, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and honestly, we can't. We're looking forward to to having Keegan back on the show. Um, that was a lot of fun. We had a re- we had a really great time getting to know Keegan. Um, and you know, it's it, Jim and I have been having a lot of fun in these uh, in these episodes. Honestly, just getting to know a lot of people in, in the tabletop community. Um, you know, this is the third. Well, I guess technically it's the fourth interview that we've had. Um, we did have um, uh, my brother-in-law Michael on for our first uh, community spotlight, and that was that was a, that was a blast too. Um, but really, we're really enjoying, uh, you know, getting to know a lot of people in the industry. And you know, e- even right now, it's it, it's just mostly been creators, other content creators. Um, but even so, it's it's really been a it's a lot of fun con- conversing with people who you share this hobby, this awesome hobby with. Uh, so Jim and I really are are really having a really good time, you know, uh, just just sharing the sharing these experiences and sharing the joy um, that we have had and found in the tabletop gaming space um, with a bunch of other people. So we really can't wait uh, to. You know, we, we look forward to having more and more conversations. Honestly, you know, any any people that I'm meeting in the industry um, that I'm just, you know, catching up, you know, catching in a conversation with, I'm really inviting, honestly, a lot of people on the show just just for us to just get to know um, and have a really great, great time on the show. So that being said, um, you know, uh, can't wait to can't wait to next week until for the next person we're going to have on the show. Um, and you know what? I don't I at this point, I don't know what next week's going to hold. Um, but. But uh, yeah, that just makes it that much more fun. So um, in the meantime, you can find us, you can find Hobbies and Happiness on pretty much all social platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we still have yet to stream to YouTube and Twitch, um, but we're still working on a lot of the back end stuff to make that a viable possibility on our end. So looking forward to doing that. Um, obviously, you can find us on YouTube, um, Twitter. Like I said, we're on pretty much all social platforms. So um, links to all of those are down in the description below um, on YouTube and of course on all the podcasting platforms so find those in the show notes um, for to wherever you are listening and uh, yeah with that thanks thanks for being here everybody and I look forward to seeing you next week all right see you, everybody